0: BLOB TALK RADIO And that sounds so good. I almost want to hear it again, that intro. It's so hot. Uh, Shout out to Brad Sona for really, really making it tight.
1: It's the Burger Shop Podcast, the one that you heard about. Talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth. Social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be. Talking sports and culture, you never know what will be. Coming next. The type of podcast you listen to, powered by the hyper, brands who the man, yo, Ryan at the forefront. Got it on my iTunes, walking through the storefront. Listen to the broadcast, it touches almost anything sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing. So listen to the man right ahead of his time on your podcast. You can download or listen live. So here comes the podcast, here comes your host. The Burger Shop, now live from coast to coast. In any way you want to do it, listen to the show. Ryan got the insight the Burger Shop, you know?
0: We are back, October 26, 2016. A nice, cool, brisk, sunny afternoon in New York. It is uh, a pleasure to be back with you inside the burger shop. This is Ryan Berger, taking you through the next hour of a fun discussion at the intersection of sports, culture, marketing, technology, and more. It's been a uh, an interesting couple of days, so to say. Uh, started off uh, the weekend turning 40 years old, so a nice little surprise party as I start to uh, embark on, I guess, the... Uh, another decade I guess another decade in the in the big four so had a, a lot of fun and uh was able to wake up on Sunday which actually was my real birthday and enjoy a nice jets 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 win after watching a uh, a pretty disgusting game in in, in London between the G men and the and the Rams Uh, And before that, I was actually out in L.A. and and didn't do a show. I apologize uh, for missing the week, but uh, busy with a bunch of meetings and work out in L.A. and uh, went to game four of the Dodger-Cubs game series, which I thought was going to be a great one, and uh, the Dodgers laid an egg. But interesting to be up in Chavez Ravine for that. We had a fun show last, uh, last show with David Schwab the head of octagon sports and really interesting stuff about what octagon and david are working on uh, as of today and uh we have a couple shows actually the first back-to-back-to-back podcast you've ever done we'll be joined in a couple minutes by brian daly who's the vp of digital at showtime sports is doing some unbelievably interesting stuff and as the world of cable and the media landscape changes. It'll be interesting to talk to Brian about what Showtime's up to and how they're really starting to invest in some uh, incredible original content that I think will be really you know interesting for everybody to, to see. And then tomorrow we'll speak to Costa Kennedy who will make his second appearance on the podcast who had uh, our, our baseball preview and now will join us to talk about the first two games of the World Series and then Costa will talk about his new book that has come out uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then Friday we'll be joined by my old buddy Mark Kriegel from the NFL Network, and Mark will talk about what the heck is going on in the NFL, from the ratings to the main storylines and all of that, so a lot of storylines going around uh, in the NFL these days, not necessarily the best storylines, viewership down considerably, Uh, the action even down even more. But it will be interesting to see what Mark has to say about that. Of course, thanks to our partners, of course, the uh, original partner of the show, Hyper. Um, Hyper is the world's largest database of influencers and celebrities in the world. And you can find out more about Hyper at Hyper Brands, where they have 4 million influencers for you as a brand to connect with. Also, of course, thanks to our buddies at The Crowds Line. Heads over to thecrowdsline.com. Make your prediction today. All kinds of free prizes and a lot of fun. Make your prediction of what's going to happen in all the games tonight. Of course, game two of the Indians' Cubbies and a bunch of the NBA. And, of course, we'll get into in a little bit uh, what what the Knickerbockers looked like. And we'll talk to Brian. I'm sure we'll have a couple of comments on that. Um, Of course, the second game between Golden State and, and the Spurs. And what a big surprise that was, and thanks to our buddies all the way downtown at PETA Express. Head down to PETA Express. Let them know you heard the podcast. Get yourself a hummus. Get yourself an appetizer from Billy Cotler, PETA Express, the best hummus and Mediterranean food in New York City. As we get closer to the end of the show, we'll do the Hyper Heat Report, where we look at three individuals and their hyper data, and today we'll look at really a team who, who has... Been incredible, the best baseball, best team in baseball all year at the Cubs, and obviously they have a big game at seven o'clock tonight. And we'll look at Kyle Schwarber, Jake Arrieta, and Chris Bryant's data on Hyper and see how they differ. Three of the young best players in in the sport, and uh, and now we're joined by uh, Brian Daly, the. Uh, the VP of Showtime, Showtime Sports, uh VP at Digital, doing some unbelievably interesting stuff. Brian, welcome to Inside the Burger Shop where the grill is always hot. How are things?
2: Things are good, Ry. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well, man. Doing well, just uh trying to have a little bit of fun and uh and enjoy my enjoy myself a little bit while while working, if that's at all at all possible. So, you know, you've always been up to some interesting stuff. You're an Ithaca guy, and obviously there's been a lot of really successful Ithaca guys specifically around sports. And, you know, the, the the audience, I'm sure, would be interested to know sort of how you got started in this. Did you sort of connect in college and study sports, or where did it all begin in your passion for sports?
2: I did. Um, I'd say it goes way back to the beginning. Um, you know, my dad was in sports growing up. He worked for uh, both the Nets and the Devils in, in Jersey in the swamps of Jersey, as uh, Springsteen would say, and, uh, you know, grew up around it, um, played hoops, we, we crossed paths a couple times many years ago, um, so it was always an interest of mine, the business was always an interest of mine, um, so yeah, I was communications in, in college, and uh, at that time, uh, broadcasting was, was where I, I thought I wanted to go, and um, I, I landed an internship with ESPN Magazine going into my senior year. And at the time, uh, the magazine had just launched, so it was a very uh, nimble team there. And it it was a great internship because it uh, put me in a position where they needed help uh, doing a variety of things. So um, it wasn't your typical, you know, coffee-run type of internship. Um, So that uh, carried over into an offer coming out of school. Um, So I I took that and, and ran with it. So. Started with the magazine, which eventually merged with ESPN.com and digital, and then have uh, kind of rode the digital wave since.
0: Ben, it's a digital wave. It's obviously sort of changed the landscape completely and changed the landscape in for every brand not just in sports but in any any category and you know when we were in school it was just the beginning of i remember having a Mac laptop and people had no idea what that apple was on the on on the cover sort of thinking that it was you know painted on because I was from the New York area or something but you know as you sort of went through this internship and went into your first position at ESPN I mean was that an, an entire digital job the way, say, your your position is today, or was there a hybrid, a little digital, and a bunch of other stuff as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was nothing close to to what I'm doing today. Um, you know, and as, as you said, we were in school. I mean, email had, had just started to come about, and um, yeah, I always say I'm, I'm grateful in that I know the world prior to what it's become. You know, like we we grew up, we know what answering machines are and, and tape decks and all these other things that our kids will never know anything about. Um but uh yeah, my job initially with the magazine was, was on the sales side and um there was no digital component to that until we merged with dot com and it's funny how it's reversed. Initially dot com was a throw in to buying pages in the magazine and you know, now obviously it's it's the total opposite. Um and, and people are are fighting to to get page buys now in in that world. Um, so, you know, that was the the beginning of it for me. Um, we were the first to to sell digital video, um, on ESPN.com. I remember that was a really big day and I think it was a a million dollar deal with Miller light that closed it, uh, which was a huge deal at the time. And, you know, you look at that number now, that's, that's drops in the bucket for, for most in that world. Um, so that you know that was the beginning of it, and then from there, uh, fantasy started to evolve. Uh, you know, initially we had a couple of million players playing across all all games, which um, you know was a good number at the time. But now you look at the industry, um, you know, you got over twenty million, I think, playing on ESPN, and probably double, triple that overall, not counting daily fantasy. Um, so as part of that, as as that business grew at ESPN. At the same time, video games uh, was another vertical that ESPN had started to explore just through licensing. Um, we learned very quickly that the ESPN brand uh, moved the needle in that world, uh, be it the, the brand and the things we were able to add to both the in-game experience and then also uh, from a marketing perspective. Um, which ultimately set us up with an incredible deal with, with EA Sports after partnering with 2K for a while. So I was part of that as well. Um, and then ultimately finished out there on the business development side, just working on some of our bigger partnerships in the digital space. So um, to go, I guess, to sum that long-winded answer up, you know, to go from what started as digital being a throw-in to a, a magazine page buy um, to when I was leaving being part of you know an $800 million EA Sports deal, um i i certainly uh saw that that industry explode and to answer your question yeah that no way is my job uh close to to what it was when i started
0: you know there's an interesting sort of trend happening right now where Specifically, there's several different channels, and you guys at Showtime are one of them, that are creating this interesting content that is starting to chip away at, at the monster of ESPN, um, whether it's talent, such as what Fox Sports 1 has been able to do, whether it's content the way you guys are angling it, or others, you know, Love we'll to get your thoughts on ESPN today. You know, uh, some everybody talks about ratings and, and 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 ESPN itself, but there's of course the dot com which you just spend a lot of time talking about, and there's so many angles and 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 you know, things off of the dot com that ESPN while they want you to tune in there's also so many different ways they want you to engage with their you know with their brand today. what are your thoughts in two thousand and sixteen on where ESPN is and how different is it from when you were there just a couple of years ago
2: yeah it's a a great question. Um, I, I think certainly, you know, social media um has has affected SportsCenter, no doubt about it. Um I think the way people are consuming highlights, getting their news uh in real time, you know, everything that you used to go to SportsCenter for uh that you couldn't miss SportsCenter for, um you're you're getting in other ways. Um and obviously ESPN does a great job of serving that up in the digital space, but you got so much competition out there, and you got so many people doing it and doing it in different ways. So, um, I, I think you know, digital has hurt them in in that respect, and in terms of television. Uh, but it's also created a tremendous revenue source for them in the digital world as well. Um, you know, and and you're right. I, I think other networks um, are 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 digging into. Uh, you know the documentaries and the storytelling uh, angles that um, you know they've they've had a nice lock on with 30 for 30 over recent years. Um, so yeah, I mean there's certainly a lot of competition. I, I think they're in such a leadership position they've been at it so long um, that they're their habit for so many sports fans that you know it's, it it takes a long time to break that. Um, so in terms of like highlight shows and stuff like that, I can't see another network coming along and upending them there. I I think they'll maintain that leadership position for a long time. Um, and you know, live games are always going to be a draw. So, I mean, they have a tremendous wealth of rights across all sports and leagues. So, um, you know, as we talked about last week, I, the, the live event is the, the only thing proof of, of DVR. And I, I think, you know, that's the only thing you, you have to see live, I think, remaining today. So they have that and that'll keep them in great shape for for many years to come. But I think for the first time, they, they certainly, I, I think, are feeling a little threatened and there's some legit competition out there, be it Fox and NBC, both doing some good things and taking some talent from them. But, you know, I will say having been there and, and still knowing folks over there, you're not going to find more talented, competitive, bright people uh, that they have there. And, and, you know, people will always leave and, and they always seem to replace with, with good folks. So um, I have no doubt they're, you know, they'll they'll stay in a leadership position for a long time.
0: It's been wild, I mean, the amount of big talent that continues to just leave, you know, week after week, and some would argue the exodus of Chris Broussard isn't exactly, quote unquote, a big talent, but my sources, as Broussard likes to say, tell me that, you know, he's got a passionate following just like anybody else. And the amount of people that have left big names, whether it's a Simmons to an HBO or Obviously, some of the recent guys leaving, and it's just been a, a mass exodus. But you know, their big thing has always been the talent. It just doesn't matter there compared to the programming and all the other you know things that they're up to. So it's an, it'll be interesting to keep our eye on uh, ESPN over the next couple of years and see. Which direction they end up uh, going into. And again, we're talking to uh, Brian Daly from Showtime Sports. You can follow Brian. Great follow on Twitter if you're a big sports fan at B Daly, D A I L E Y 223. Speaking of sports, last night, obviously, incredibly interesting, uh, emotional night for a, a Cleveland fan. Um, w- w- one of the greatest nights, if not the greatest night in their history when you look at what happened just 200 yards away, game one, shutout. Uh, game 1 of the World Series And then of course uh, LeBron and company Getting their, their rings uh, over in the, the big arena for the first time Watching the banner raise And watching J.R. cry and what What were your thoughts watching uh both of those games and experiences last night. I <laughs>
2: how far quickly it's all turned around for Cleveland, right? How far they've come. I mean to to be the to have everyone's pity in the sports world not too long ago and now we're we're watching uh you know a World Series game and an NBA banner go up was, was pretty wild. Um so yeah, hey it's a it's a great time to be a Cleveland fan, great time to be a, a sports fan. This is a, a fun
0: time of year for sure. You guys at Showtime have really sort of put, put a, 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 a stake in the ground and really trying to change what you guys are, are haven't been known for and what you're up to. Um, obviously, the that goes with the way media viewing and the TV landscape has also changed. And so, you know, spend a little bit of time talking to us about what the strategy is. It's clear that the ability to invest in original sports programming, is, and we'll, we'll talk about some of those. Uh, pieces in a second, but, you know, give us a little bit of an idea of where this all came from and, and where things are today, um, sort of as you arrived at Showtime and, and now where, where where things are today.
2: Yeah, I, you know, arrived uh, coming up on three years ago, and, um, you know, I, I work for uh, a gentleman by the name of Steven Espinoza, who, who's just an incredibly talented and uh, a visionary in in a lot of ways uh, in terms of what he's doing here. Um, You know, he came in and and boxing has always been an anchor of what Showtime has done. Um, He immediately raised the bar here by by bringing Floyd Mayweather uh, shortly after he arrived, which really upped the ante in terms of boxing. Um, at the same time, I think the vision was to, to take it beyond that and, um, you know, get into storytelling and, and documentaries, you know, given the success of 30 for 30, obviously. And um, it's just it's a space that uh, at this point, it, it it doesn't seem to be it can't be oversaturated. I mean, we might get to that point uh, sometime soon. But, um, yeah, for us, it was, you know, an obvious place we wanted to go. Uh, and with that, we started uh, a project with Kobe Bryant and uh, Gotham Chopra, um, which which was a great uh, you know great one for us. We rolled that into Iverson, uh, and then Victor Cruz, and uh, we have a, a great lineup for the coming year. So, you know, for us, we we thought um, you know we had boxing, but we needed to grow the portfolio a little bit. We have Inside the NFL, 60 Minutes, um, so. You know, it was a way for us to, I guess, you know, broaden broaden what we're doing, broaden our footprint in the space, and we've we've seen great success with it. And you know, on the digital side it enables us to take what used to be just a linear exhibition of a documentary and really extend it and create content for digital both leading up to and then post as well. So, um, you know, gone are the days of just a premiere date coming and going on on a network. Um, We we see a much larger shelf life with what we're doing in regards to these projects and documentaries and who we're working with.
0: You mentioned Kobe. We know from the hyperdata, Kobe with over 20 million – Followers on Facebook over 10 million on Twitter, a little under seven on Instagram. Interestingly, getting by far his most engagement on Instagram. We know from the hyper data Kobe getting 300,000 likes for every one of his posts. But interestingly, when you look at his audience, 55% of Kobe's audience socially is actually in the U.S. So obviously, very big international star. And you know, you guys work with big stars, but you also work with guys that you know are more local, smaller stars, guys that are. Star- their careers like a Ben Simmons and you know, I'd like to just talk a little bit about some of these specific projects um, a season with Florida State, something that obviously is is a is a show that you guys figured is you know a top five team preseason team that has a chance to you know go all the way. And obviously, if they do, that makes this show a lot better than if they end up you know unranked. You know, what are your thoughts on how that show is going? How the series has been going? You got a really nice piece when Jameis came in and did his thing in the locker room. Uh, I think that was week one or week two of the NFL. But how has that show been perceived and going so far?
2: That show has been great for us. Um, you know, I, I think what we've learned this is now our second season doing it. We had Notre Dame and, and Coach Kelly last year and then uh we had somewhat of a uh it was branded all access, but we, we followed the two Stanley Cup teams with the NHL as well. So um yeah, with this, you know, we've learned I think through through these three projects the most pivotal character in the whole thing or the most critical piece is the head coach. Um, If you have a personality there and someone who um people are going to take to. Um that's really the key to the series. Secondary is how the team is performing. Obviously that's that's very important. Um but with you know the case of Jimbo, he's a very likable guy. Fans have really I think the FSU fans obviously love him and then we've also brought in some casual college football fans who have really took to, to the coach as well. Um and as far as the team, I mean there's been no shortage of, of storylines, uh be it you know a couple of the games coming down to the wire, interesting enough, um the blowout loss against Louisville, which we weren 't sure how those ratings would be, how fans would take to that, wound up being by far our highest rated uh episode Ooh. of the year interesting um, which means probably a lot of people were were tuning in to see uh see them get smashed, probably yeah. the other half wanted to see how they handled it, um, which you know made for great content but um yeah, it's been a great year. It's been a great project, a great franchise for us, something that we certainly are, are going to continue and look to expand outside of college football. Um, we explored college basketball around uh, tournament time two years ago with Maryland and Notre Dame and had some success with that. So um, I think that's certainly something we'd, we'd like to hopefully go back to at some point. Uh, so, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a home run for us all, all around.
0: And then some of the other docs that you were working on, you know the one and done doc with Ben Simmons, something that's you know really interesting. we know from the hyper data Ben with almost nine hundred thousand followers on instagram a, a huge following compared to his other channels uh Facebook and Twitter with about two hundred thousand so Ben simmons he, he, a big user of the of the i g channel from from the hyper data you know. This was a a documentary that you guys developed on a guy who went to LSU, spent one year there, goes directly into the pros, uh breaks his foot um with a with an injury that is potentially career ending for several different players um what happens in a documentary like this, where you want to launch it uh, with when he comes to the when he comes into the league, or do you launch it when you wanted to launch it, or do you see an uptick and launch it twice based on putting it out and then putting it out again when he comes back? How does that all work as you guys try and figure out how to get how to get the most out of this?
2: It's it's funny either we're. Fortunately or unfortunately, pretty well versed in this scenario, um, given our Victor Cruz documentary, yeah. which you know launched at the start of last season. And unfortunately, we we did put it off a little bit, hoping Vic would get back there. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. And then prior to that, the Kobe project was was two years um, that initially started on his comeback from the Achilles, um, or was it his Achilles first, or he had yeah he it was had Achilles
0: back... then his ankle, I think, right?
2: Okay. Right, right. So, yeah, it, was, it started with the Achilles, he came back, and then the ankle went, so we kind of continued the journey with him, and, you know, that, that was a two-year project that initially was, was not that. So, yeah, um, with this one, we decided that, you know, the documentary is, is just as much about the one-and-done process and, and his journey, his unique journey. Uh, and experience through LSU and then up into the draft. So um, the film ends at, at the draft. I'm not spoiling anything there. So nothing has been altered for us by way of the film with him getting hurt. Um, you know, where it does have a little effect, obviously going into the season prior to the injury, Ben was a top five, maybe even a top three storyline heading in. You know, you had KD and, and KC and and LeBron and the Cavs coming back after the championship. Other than that, I mean, he seemed to be in the mix as kind of one of the, the main stories. Um, fast forward a couple of weeks, he hurts the ankle. He's kind of out of that mix. So for us, from a PR and marketing standpoint, it, it definitely hurts a little bit that he's not part of uh, of that conversation heading into the season. So um, what well, we decided, you know, we're, it's a great film, and we figure with all the, the buzz of, of NBA happening and college basketball starting soon, and again, you know, that being a big part of the film as well, um, we set on November 4th, which is next Friday, uh, to premiere it uh, on Showtime. And then, uh, like you said, it's, it's kind of uh, it's two-pronged. We get, we get the premiere and the buzz now, and then once Ben is back on the court, which we're hearing hopefully in January, uh, we'll certainly uh, you know, get behind it again with Ben and, and give it that secondary push uh, once he's back uh, you know, on people's minds again.
0: He's going to be such a nice player if he can stay healthy. That Sixer puzzle. One of my buddies was writing me last night, and you know, it was like, it was such an exciting time for the Sixer fan. And went through his whole spiel. We've had him on the show before, sort of a Philly voice, and I always laugh. It's you know, been six years, seven years in, in the basement, and this is a team that is going to probably have the number one or number two pick again. So
2: it's uh, unbelievable. think at some
0: point, yeah, but now you have Simmons hurt and you have Nolan's Noel hurt. Um, they have no point guard, no shooting. You know, they're 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 slated for the number one pick again. So it'll be interesting to see once these guys get eventually healthy, if Embiid could stay on the floor with them. And uh, I think they do have a future, but uh, geez, it's been it's been painful.
2: <laughs> well, you said it. I think it's a it's a puzzle. Um, certainly, you got a lot of different types of talent there. A lot of big men, obviously. Um, so who, who knows how it all you know comes to be. Um, I would say the only the only fans maybe a little more tortured than the Sixers fans might be might be us the Knicks fans. <laughs> it
0: was uh, it's been brutal and last night was uh, was brutal in itself and you know I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the inside the NFL franchise you know you, you guys have had it for a very long time it's a show that comes on in the middle of the week or Tuesday nights and after a full weekend of Sunday of you know football and Uh, Monday night of football, and now there's this whole talk of the oversaturation of the sport, you know, Thursday night games, and Sunday night games, and Monday night games, and it just feels like, you know, it used to be like, can't wait till Sunday, now it's two days, and the NFL's back, and, you know, there's uh, so many different angles why the ratings are what they are, but you you guys have a show that is another quote-unquote highlight show, obviously being discussed by a lot of interesting people, and in a format that people have enjoyed for a very long time you know how do you guys stay away from keeping it another highlight show and keeping it more in a higher intelligence in a way around the sport and the storylines a and b how have you guys been able to reinvent the show from where it was in the beginning to where it is today
2: yeah two two good questions um I think for us, the differentiator are are the highlights and the level of highlights. You know, we're partners with NFL Films on the show, which enables us a level of access that is not seen in the other highlight shows. And I I think that's kind of our our hallmark that we've held on to for a long time. So, um, everything from liking players up to alternate angles, um, you know, they have, I want to say over 20 cameras shooting each game. So to have access to that level of highlights, I, I think that's kind of the differentiator for us in that regard. Um, you're right. I mean, it's certainly a challenge because given today, you know, everyone has seen, um, all the highlights, uh, many, many times come Tuesday. Um, so you know, if if you're burned out on that, I think you know another thing we're offering is just a level of insight and conversation that is not out there currently. Um, you know, it's it's a pros pros show uh, for the pros is is the way we we message it, um, and I think the addition of Brandon Marshall for us has has really been a game changer to have a guy who um, has completely dedicated himself to this show. I mean, he he puts in the dedication that i mean the same that that he does with with his playing career it's unbelievable he'll you know be playing in a monday night game he's the first one there for tuesday morning production meeting might get in 3 4 in the morning You know, I'm sure there's many guys out there that would would call in or or just say, look, I'm I'm not doing it this week. Um, He's fully committed. He's one of those guys who I think once he commits to something, he does it 110 percent. So he's been awesome in that regard. And then also just in terms of what he's what he's given. I mean, the insight that he's providing from a player's perspective, I don't think you're getting a lot of that. Um, You are now in today's world through Players Tribune and Uninterrupted. I mean, they've got a great niche and that's what they're doing. Um, but for us, for him, and, and to bring it on this show is, I think, something that's uh, that's certainly elevated the, the quality of it for sure. So, you know, we're hitting on a lot more issues this year that players are, are, are talking about and burning on, and uh, Brandon's been kind of the, the conduit of that. Um, to let us know what guys are talking about and what we should be looking at. So, you know, I think uh, to answer your question, Brandon, I think has been a difference maker for us. And then obviously continuing to deliver on those premium highlights is, is something that, uh, that we'll hang our hat on.
0: As a Jet fan, that makes me sick. As a media marketing guy, it's extremely it's extremely interesting. So I have to ask, how does that work with the Jets? Do you speak to them and, and, and pitch the idea to them? Or is that a deal that you go through Brandon's agent and then the agent deals with the Jets? Give us a sense of something like how does that work um, and, and who sort of does what? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um... That deal and, and, you know, everything um, has come through Brandon and, and his representation. Um, you know, I think for, for the most part, all teams understand that, you know, the guys have off on Tuesdays, and uh, so long as they're not getting into trouble, it's entirely up to them what they do with that time. Um, so with Brandon being on the Jets, I, I think it makes it super convenient for him to do it. Um, and and from from all accounts, it seems they're super supportive of, of what he's doing. So, um you know, I think ultimately it's his call and it's it's what he wants to do with that time. Um but you know, the Jets I, I think have uh have no problem with it too.
0: Very cool. Those Jets, those guys are great guys. We do some work with them, so it's uh based on that background I'm sure they're incredibly supportive of the idea. They love the engagement and having their players out there especially on an interesting program that, you know, really is one of the symbols of, of live football. So no, so fantastic. And again we're talking to uh, Brian Daly, the vice president of digital over at Showtime Sports. And Brian, before we let you go, and of course you could follow Brian on Twitter at BDaly two two three, a great a great follow from sports and, and, and media. Before we let you go, you have know, had an interesting career, ESPN and, and now it's showtime and so what's next? What's next at Showtime? Uh, over the next year or two as we wind down in 2016 and you know w- w- what, are, what are you sort of taking from what you're up to and at some point maybe you know what is out there that you'd really like to do at some point in your life either at Showtime or you know what are the things that you're taking and learning from these two experiences that you can apply to really anything out there including being obviously a new dad and obviously that's something that we share you know in common right now but there's so many principles that you learn from great opportunities that you learn being a dad as well so so like just said you know what's next at Showtime for you guys over the next you know year uh, 15 months
2: well we're just uh good timing yesterday we, we announced a, a huge uh boxing slate we got uh we got i guess it's uh over a 12 week span we got six world title fights starting in december that'll take us through march um, so that's a big one for us. You know, we, boxing, uh, has taken some hits recently from, from media and fans, a lot of frustration in terms of guys not fighting the right guys. Um, you know, we've kind of taken the, the mantra that we're, we're pitting the, the best against the best. And, um, you know, we're not going on pay-per-view. These are, these are fights that you'll see on Showtime, perhaps some on CBS. So, um, I think for us, we've, we've really committed to, to the sport of boxing and, um, you know, these next couple of months are going to be big for us. So uh, for the boxing fans out there, definitely Uh, if you're not subscribed, I would, I would highly recommend dusting off the subscription for, uh, for this run. We're about to go on there. Um, And then I mentioned earlier, I, I think, you know, we'll continue to, to, uh to to put our name out there in the storytelling uh aspect of sports. So we got a lineup of five documentaries coming up over the next five months. Um that announcement should be coming soon and you know, these are not your typical sports documentaries about the subject and their, their life. Um you know it's it's more than that. These are stories that uh, you know, uh, you and a non-sports fan could sit down and watch, and that no- non-sports fan will enjoy and get something out of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, we uh, we were excited about that, and, and definitely stay tuned for for that announcement. Sorry to tease you there; I can't give you much more than that. But a couple of them are totally unique and and never been done before. Just stories that you're going to say, "Wow, that that sounds incredible." Um, so. Um, yeah, that's that's kinda what we're looking at for for the coming year and then who knows what else could come. I, I think you know, that's the fun of my job and being in sports is that uh, you never know what's around the corner and what project could could pop up or could be waiting for you. So uh, you know, we'll see see what else comes our way.
0: Well, it's definitely not the showtime we grew up with. It's definitely not the showtime that I remember uh tuning into uh growing up. So it's been, you know, a pleasure watching you and your career and it's been a pleasure uh, having you on today and everybody will you know, tune in to all the interesting stuff Brian talked about on Showtime coming up with the with the boxing and all the interesting documentaries the Ben Simmons piece coming up as well so we appreciate you taking some time today out of your busy schedule and uh, look forward to catching up with you shortly
2: right it's been an absolute pr- uh, pleasure and uh, happy belated birthday to you as well
0: thanks bud be well okay you too thanks. man That was uh, Brian Daly, uh, vice president of digital over at Showtime Sports. I mean, how interesting is that, doing so many interesting things when it comes to digital and it comes to programming and really having the understanding of how to expand on a program and the documentaries that they're doing. Again, it's, you know, my dad was involved in documentaries. Uh, Some people that we know do documentaries. But to have the Showtime muscle behind it and have the brains and the idea to be able to promote them and that you go down that road strategically understanding that you can have so much unlimited content that you could promote to bring people in is a, is a, is a home run idea. So kudos to Brian and, and, uh, and his team for really changing the game over at, at Showtime and Showtime sports and uh, looking forward to all their incredible stuff that they continue to, to release. So thanks to Brian and Showtime for coming on today. And before we uh, go, I want to quickly run down the hyper-heat report. Uh, As you talked about, uh, we'll look at three different Cubs players. Uh, Big Cubs game tonight, game two, 7 p.m. Game moved up for the kids. Obviously, we think it's the kids, but it's the rain headed into the Cleveland area. And the first is is Kyle Schwarber, the guy who – Tore his ACL seven months ago, looked like he was out for the year, worked his butt off and ends up starting in game one, hit a double. Absolute slugger. Not sure what position he'll end up playing in baseball, but he is a slugger probably in the American League as a DH. Um, But when you look at Schwarber's hyper heat report, hyper heat index data, you see 171,000 followers on Twitter and 22,000 on Facebook. And Kyle is not on Instagram. I guess he was so busy rehabbing that he is not on Instagram. But 84% of Kyle's followers are men and getting about 4,000 likes for every one of his tweets. So Kyle Schwarber. And there was a lot of controversy. Would Schwarber play? Would he not? Would they add him to the roster? Would they not? Not only do they add him to the roster, but he ends up... You know, hitting in a crucial, coming up in several crucial spots. And that's what happens. A you know, big lefty, he's going to face Andrew Miller probably again tonight in some key spots. But using him off the bench in Chicago as a left handed bat up against any of the righty starters or the righty relievers will be where Joe Madden uh, looks to use him the most. Then we head over to the starting pitcher tonight, Jake Arrieta, and from a hyper report, we see Jake with 295,000 followers on Twitter and no Facebook and no Instagram. So Jake is a big Facebook user. Uh, 93% of his audience is in the United States. His biggest audience from an age breakdown is 33 to 39 years old. Jake Arrieta, a player who is right now, coming off of his two best years, had a A decent year this year, not as good as the two years before it, and he is having the ball in his hands tonight, down 0-2, down 1-0, with a chance to tie the World Series and send it back to Wrigley, which will be an absolute zoo there for games three, game four, and game five. And then the last... And they'll look at is Chris Bryant and Chris Bryant, a young third baseman and national league MVP, you know, unbelievably social. When we look at the hyperheat data, 473,000 followers on Instagram, 333,000 on Twitter. He's big on Facebook and big on vine. Chris Bryant is an absolute superstar, a global superstar, uh, Big on just about every single social channel. Big on how his young his audience is that follows him. Uh, the third baseman of the Cubs will have a, his say in the World Series at some point, whether it's tonight or in the next couple of games. The guy can flat out hit, stroke the baseball wherever he wants. Chris Bryant, the most social player on the Chicago Cubs, from the hyper data, and that's your hyper heat index. And before we go, again, a reminder, several things. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, searching inside the burger shop, and subscribe to the platform, uh, Subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes. Let all your friends and family know. Uh, secondly, we'll be back tomorrow with the great Costa Kennedy from Sports Illustrated talking World Series Game 1 and Game 2, as well as his book. And we will be lo- joined on Friday by old buddy Mark Kriegel from the NFL Network talking about Sunday's games, what's going on with the league, some of the storylines, the ratings, and anything else that Mark wants to get into, and normally Mark likes to go on a couple tangents, so no, no knowing where those will go with Mr. Kriegel. And before we go, of course, just want to quickly comment on what I saw last night, and the league, uh, three games in the NBA, and, boy, is it great to have the round ball back early game. Brian talked about this a little bit. The Knicks buried down four at the half or three, come back and you know, lose by 30 or 20 against Cleveland. Uh looked like the Cavs played about 50% as far as effort, shot four for 21 from three in the first half, then turned it on in the second half. They just have so many standstill shooters that are going to kill you because you have to double Kyrie and LeBron. Uh, when, Le- when LeBron, when Kyrie breaks anybody down, and, and there's no one that can stay in front of him in the league. So when he breaks his guy down and then kicks out, and they have so many standstill guys from Love to Fry now Dunleavy and Jr. And they eventually a the guy is just not going to miss. So they missed in the first half. That's why it was close, and eventually got out of hand in the second half. I can't really comment on what the Knicks are yet. It's hard to measure up. Anybody was going to lose to Cleveland in a situation like last night, but there was a lot of things you didn't like to see. A couple things you did. I thought Rose looked a little bouncy, which was good. He had a little bit of quickness, got by some people. But, you know, let's be fair. When he's lined up with Kyrie, Kyrie's doing whatever he wants. So while Rose will have a couple nice moves here and there, He's not staying in front of Kyrie and, uh, or any of the other young fast point guards in, in the league. But, you know, you, you saw obviously some, some quickness from Rose on some offensive moves. Uh, I still continue to say the same thing, which is that the offense needs to run through Porzingis. It's not. I understand getting away from the triangle, but you have to get Porzingis more looks. 16 points uh, didn't really seem to be involved. In the game, tip-ins, offensive rebounds, couple threes, but he he has to take more shots. This is not about the Knicks winning. They're not going to win at all. Uh, they, it's about Porzingis maturing, continuing to get bigger and better and eventually be the, one of the best players in the league, and I'm not sure there's any other uh, goal for, for this season as far as the fans and, and the team is concerned. But when Courtney Lee and Noah give you zero points, um, that's a problem Two guys come over as free agents They have to figure out how to put the ball in the basket A little bit And then late night, two really fun games Or one really fun game I watched Portland and Utah And Damian Lillard is as good as it gets And 39-9-7 and seven, Unstoppable last night um, Utah was up a couple points And Utah's a tough team, loaded with talent Gordon Hayward hurt uh, but they ended up choking and collapsing in the last two minutes, and Portland went on a 12-2 run, won that game. And the game, of course, over in the Bay that everyone tuned in to see, San Antonio put an absolute spanking on the Warriors. Oh, 29-point win, um, Warriors' worst loss at home since 2009. Of course, no one expected this with the addition of Durant. This is a team. Cleveland could easily win 70 games too, because I'm not sure how they're going to lose 20, you know, 20 games or 15 games. Who's beating them? When you look at who they have for a full year, healthy. But when you look at what uh, what Golden State did last night, they they struggle in a couple areas. Um, you know, they they just have no interior defense right now. And with letting all these guys go, Zaza gave them nothing. Durant looked really good. Clay just didn't look good at all. And they're going to have some bumps, and we remember it with Miami and with the addition of LeBron in the beginning and how many games they lost and how many they struggled. So it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, this team's still going to, you know, obviously crush it. But I was very, very impressed by the Spurs, uh, although as the season goes on I'm not sure they'll be good, but I just don't know if they're going to get, you know, 10 for 10 out of Jonathan Simmons and play as well as they did last night with with a lot of the older players, but very impressive. Very, very impressive from Pop and Company and of course Kawhi, who had a outstanding game. So big slate in the NBA tonight. Can't wait. Game two of the World Series. We're back tomorrow with Costa Kennedy. Hope everybody enjoyed today. Thanks to Brian Daly and Showtime for spending, you know, a half hour talking sports and, and media with us. Appreciate everybody listening. Thanks to Hyper, the CrowdsLine, and Peter Express for being on board. Enjoy the day, everybody. As my man Mad Dog Russo likes to say,
1: adios. Burger Shop Podcast, the one that you heard about. Talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth. Social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be. Talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be. Coming next the type of podcast you listen to. How buy the hype up? Brands, who the man? Yo, Ryan at the forefront. Got it on my iTunes. Walking through the storefront. Listen to the broadcast. touches almost anything. Sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing. So listen to the man right ahead of his time. On your podcast, you can download or listen live. So here comes the podcast. Here comes your host. The Burger Shop. Now live from coast to coast. In any way you want to do it, listen to the show. Ryan got the insights. The Burger Shop, you know? Stop